Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Let's say finish strong. One of the issues in finishing strong is that it's hard to finish strong if you don't know how to. I, I don't believe that people give up in life because they want to. It's that a lot of us just don't know what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to finish. And sometimes it's hard to finish strong. When, when everything you do seems to be falling apart, when you're trying to break an addiction, when everything you do seems wrong and trying to put the marriage back together, when everything you do seems to fall apart, when you're trying to get out of debt, when everything you do, your body seems to still be getting worse and getting sicker, you're trying to get free from that depression and that depression keeps coming back. It's hard to finish strong when at times you don't really know how to finish strong. The, the principles to bring about a strong finish. And if you would stand to your feet, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Hosea. I really believe this morning, I, I want to give you and empower you this morning. I don't want to just preach at you. Uh, I, I love our services that we do with, uh, you know, overcomers and comebacks and things like that. Those are inspiring stories. And I love the fact that we're inspiring you, but I don't want to inspire you to get through another week. I want to give you tools to, uh, to win at life. I want you to be able not just to survive and get through another week. I want you to thrive. I want you to learn how to be able to, when you leave this place, put the principles of the word of God to work. In your life, not just when you're here at church on Sunday morning. Someone say amen. amen. Hosea chapter 4, starting in verse 6, it says this. This is God talking. My people are destroyed for lack of money. For lack of relationships. Lack of a job. I want you to recognize that the word says that if there's one thing that can destroy the people of God, or people in general, it's a lack of knowledge. He goes on and says this, because you have rejected knowledge. They're being destroyed, not because they don't know. There's a difference between ignorance and rejecting knowledge. Someone that's ignorant just doesn't know. They haven't been taught yet, and when they get the information, they're more than willing to assimilate it, recognize it, and release it. Where someone that hears the truth and rejects it, you know, you got to the doctor and the doctor told you to start eating better because your cholesterol's high, and yet you still continue to hit the drive through at McDonald's, uh, still continue to eat the refried beans and tortillas. It's just like, like my dad. My dad says, hey, I've lived 80-something years. You know, I'm ready to go. I'm not going to change my eating habits now. After a five-artery bypass surgery, he says, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm done at this point. You're not doing anything else to me. I want you to notice that it's rejection. He says this, that because you have rejected knowledge, I've also rejected you or thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast rejected the law of God. I will also forget thy children. I need you to understand what the word of God's saying here. This is a very powerful statement before we pray. I want you to understand that when you reject knowledge, you not only reject knowledge for you and for your generation, but you also cause God to reject the generation to come that comes from you. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to take a look once again. Hosea 4, 6 says this. My people are destroyed. Somebody say destroyed. For lack of knowledge. It's knowledge that is the, the focal point here. I want you to recognize what we don't know can kill us. What you don't know can kill you. Ignorance can destroy you. Not having the right information can kill us. Not having the right information can destroy us. And there's not knowing something is dangerous. Do you know that most people that find themselves in debt don't know how to handle money? It's not that they're dumb people. They just don't know how to handle money. They don't know how to operate with the credit card. They don't realize that whatever you put on that card, you eventually have to pay off. And that the interest rates are so high that it's going to keep you in bondage in the process. And many individuals are ignorant to the fact of how to handle money, how to take care of their bodies, or even how to hear the word of God and apply it. And so this morning, I want to take you somewhere. Look at Proverbs 25. We're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning. Proverbs, I'm sorry, Proverbs 24, verse 5. Notice what Proverbs 24, 5 says. It says this. And if you're writing notes, I'd encourage you to take notes. It says this. A wise man is strong. Everyone say strong. strong. And it says this. A man of knowledge increases in strength. So according to the wisest man in the world, where does strength come from? From knowledge. Now, let, let me explain it to you this way. If you don't agree with that, let me explain it to you this way. If you, if you are broke and your bills keep coming in and you don't know how to be able to handle those bills, how many of you know that's going to sap your strength? How many of you know that if you have marital problems and you're trying to solve the marital issues, but you don't have the knowledge, someone say knowledge, to fix those issues that before you know it, you lose strength in trying to deal with your spouse and you end up giving up. You can't finish strong if you don't have the wisdom or the knowledge to be able to put it into practice in order to complete whatever task is before you. When you're at work and you don't, know, you don't have the knowledge to do your job, it causes pressure on you, it causes anxiety, and you begin to lose strength instead of finishing strong. And so knowledge is important. I want you to take a look at this. The source of power is knowledge. The source of strength is knowledge. When we increase in strength. Now when I talk about strength uh, and knowledge, I'm not just talking about the wisdom of man. Paul is very clear about understanding the difference between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God. God calls, God says that the wisdom of God causes man to, man looks at the wisdom of God and says it's foolish. Because God's ways are not man's ways. When you're sick, have someone pray for you. Are you crazy? Go to the doctor, you get medicine, you have medicine take care of the issue, Right? In modern, in Western medicine, we cover issues. We cover symptoms. We don't deal with the source. We cover symptoms. You got a headache, take a pill. You got a problem, you do this. I got depression, take this pill. We do things to cover things. We never deal with the source of the issue. And so knowledge is powerful. Knowledge gives us the ability to know. So in order to finish strong, I have to know how to do so. Somebody say amen. So instead of praying... For revival, we need to pray for our knowledge of God to grow. 
Say it again, Pastor Dan. We spend so much time praying for a revival instead of an increased knowledge of who God is. If we would get a revelation of who God is, I won't need revival because I'm carrying God with me all the time. God is not somewhere I go. A church isn't a place I go. God is, some, is literally the one that gives me life, gives me breath. Everything I do is through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't operate on my own. I rely on the grace and the power of God. So notice this. I want you to look at John chapter 1, verse 1. It says this. It's on the screen for you. In the beginning was the Word. Everyone say Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's referring to Jesus, that Jesus is the Word. Everyone say Word again. Word. A Word is a description. A Word is, 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 a, uh, is a thought that is put into action. And So when we say Word, a Word literally becomes a thought that is spoken. Uh, so when we talk about a Word, it's a thought that is materialized through voice. And so when we declare the Word, I want you to understand that Jesus is the Word. Somebody say Word. Jesus Christ is the Word. And so if you want to know what God is thinking, if you know what God's thoughts are on something, all you have to do is look at Jesus because Jesus is the embodiment of all the thoughts of God on earth. That was real weak because some of you didn't understand that point. Let, let, me, let me press that point a little farther, okay? When God has a thought, it becomes reality. Because God created the seen world through the, thought, through the word of God, through Jesus. Now, when God has a thought, I want you to recognize that if you want to know how many have ever been sick before and you heard someone say this, well, if it's God's will, I'll be healed. Now, let me ask you this. If we want to know the will of God or God's thought on sickness, look at Jesus. What did Jesus do to sick people? Okay, what are God's thought about lack? Whenever they didn't have enough food, what did he do? He multiplied, right? So God becomes provision when there's lack. For those people that were blind, what did Jesus do? He brought sight. For those that were in bondage, what did he do? Said he didn't run into one demon-possessed person that he left possessed. He didn't run into one blind person that he left blind. He didn't walk into one lame person that he left lame. He didn't walk into any dead people that he didn't raise up again. In fact, if you go to the book of John, you find that when Jesus came out, that, that when he died on the cross and he said, it is finished and the veil was ripped from top to bottom, that literally the cemetery, people that were dead in the cemetery came out of their tombs. That when he died, people came to life and they sat in the tombs for three days until he rose again. Because they had no purpose until he rose. They didn't know what to do until he rose. I need you to understand if you want to know what God's thought is towards anything, that all you have to do is look at Jesus and Jesus lets you know what God's thoughts are towards your marriage, towards your body, towards your mind, towards your addiction, towards your depression, towards any situation. Somebody say amen. Got to look no further than Jesus. In fact, I, I want to take you just a little farther than that. It's not on the screen, but Genesis 1.1 says this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, void, and in darkness. Right? And darkness, darkness covered the seas. It goes on and says, and then God said, let there be light. 
Notice the condition of the world, without form, void, and in darkness. Okay, without form, there was no purpose. Void is the word chaos, that things were all mixed up. Where the, where the earth should have been, the water was. Where the land should have been, the sky was. Everything was just mixed up. It was jumbled. And then it was dark. The darkness was upon the face of the deep. And so there was darkness over the land. God looks at the condition of the earth that he created. And when he sees that, what was God's solution to the chaos? Verse 3, and God said. How did God respond to chaos, darkness, and without form, where there was no purpose? He spoke. Why? Because the word, the thoughts of God become reality. We create just like God does by the words we speak. Now, you know what? That's why many of the chaos that we have gets worse. Because we throw gasoline on the fire. And it burns up. And it's not that you're a bad person. It's just that's how mom and dad did it. That's how grandma and grandpa did it. That's how the great grandma and great grandpa did it. That's how everyone in the family used to do things. When you get mad, you raise your voice. You threw things. You yelled. You don't know how to communicate. And so it's not that you're a bad person. This is just, I saw my dad do this, so this is what I do. We don't have any knowledge that's any better than that. But when Jesus saw chaos, when God saw chaos, without form, void and in darkness, God spoke to that situation. God decreed to that situation. God had a thought and he spoke that thought to that condition in order to fix it. What was God's remedy to without form, void and in darkness? What did God cure it with? Let there be light. Now, now listen to me. Just pay, pay close, close attention to this. He's not creating the illumination of light. Because the moon, the sun, the stars, and all the heavenly bodies aren't created till later on in the creation cycle. What Jesus is, what God is creating when he said, let there be light, is knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Because there's only one thing that gets rid of darkness. Satan had a kingdom of darkness, a kingdom of ignorance. So Satan has a right to rule any area of your life that you are ignorant in. He is the king of the kingdom of darkness. Darkness is lack of revelation. And so whatever area of your life where you don't realize you have a right to be free, Satan can rule you there. When you don't realize you have a right to a whole marriage, he could rule it there. If you don't realize that you can have a healed body, he could rule you there. Because Satan rules based off of your ignorance. God rules out of light. Oh, come on, somebody. you got to catch what, what I'm sharing with you this morning. Let me take you a bit deeper, all right? Can I do that? Now... When Jesus is teaching on the kingdom, somebody say kingdom. Jesus is teaching about the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. We've taken the gospel and we've turned it into the gospel of salvation. It's not the gospel of salvation. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Salvation gets us into the kingdom. It's the doorway to the kingdom. But I want you to understand it's not the whole kingdom itself. It's like you. It's like how many have ever gone to an event at HP Center? 
right? You, you, go through the, you go through the gate, you hand them your ticket, you go through the, the doors, you go up the escalators, and then you hit that little landing there. Now, you've been there so many times. You, you, and for those of you that are going to the suites, you go through another entrance. But for those regular people that go through the regular doors, there, there's that one area that when you get through there, when you get through there, you, you got, if you're going to a circus there, you're going to Circus Circus or something, you know, uh, Barnum and Bailey, you go to one of those, you get to the foyer, they got all the food vendors there, you got the people selling balloons, cups, and all these different things. And so when you walk into the foyer, there's a lot going on. That's salvation. We walk into the kingdom and we stay in the foyer, not realizing that our ticket bought us something greater. We never step into the auditorium to see the show. We never step in to see what, what the more is going on. We're walking around the foyer saying, this is amazing. Wow, look at this. Wow, they got pretzels. They got ice cream. They got little cups with lion's heads on them. And we're so excited about being in the place that we forget what's inside the place. And we're more concerned about getting to heaven than about recognizing that God created us to bring heaven to earth. Yeah. Let me explain this a bit deeper here. So Jesus is teaching on the kingdom. And, and, and what's, what's interesting is this. is he che- He's telling the, the, the people, uh, he's teaching them about the parable of the sower. And he, it worked so good because they were an agricultural society. Their, their business was planting. Their business was farming. And so if it was in the Silicon Valley, he would have been out there at Apple and going over something, using a totally different term to explain this. But because he's in an agricultural society, he decides to use the parable of the sower. And as he starts teaching this concept that some of the, some of the you know, they, they know as farmers that sometimes not every seed you plant grows. They, they know that as soon as they plant, there's going to be birds that are going to come down and take some. There's going to be some soil that wasn't totally prepared that's going to get choked out. There's going to be some soil that's not deep enough and the seed's going to end up wilting and dying. It might sprout but end up dying. And then some seed that just, it's bad seed, it doesn't do anything. Jesus, after he does this, the the disciples pull him over and say, what did that mean? What are you talking about? And Jesus takes time to explain the parables to the twelve, not to the multitude. You want to know what God is saying, you have to ask. God doesn't just throw out his truth to anyone. you got to seek the knowledge of God. And this is what they do. Notice verse 18. Ye hear therefore the parable of the sower. Verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom. Now everyone say word. word. That word in the, in, the, in the Greek is sperma. What does that sound like? Had to be you. <laughs> Mr. Twin, triplets over here. It's what? Sperm. It's sperm. Okay? The, the Greek word is sperma. And, and there's a concept that goes along with this. I want you to understand. Seed is sperma. So when we talk about the seed of a man, the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's talking about their sperm. They, they're the ones that sowed a seed that created that child, that generation, that people. All right? So your children aren't just children. They're your seed. In other words, they're your potential. Come on, somebody. They're, they're not just children. They're not just tax write-offs. They're your potential. They're, they're, your, they're your future harvest. 
You hate them all the other time of the year. But tax time, yeah, I got 12 kids. <laughs> You're a kid now. You're one of my kids. <laughs> Try to get rid of them at other times of the year. Notice this. When one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the evil one. Someone say evil one. And catcheth away that which was sown in his heart and what he received, the seed by the wayside. Follow me on this. Number one, whenever the kingdom is preached is the only time Satan shows up. He doesn't mind you getting saved. He doesn't mind you raising your hand, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, as long as you keep it to yourself. Don't save your family. Start judging everyone. After you get saved, start judging everyone around your household. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going. Oh, and you definitely are already halfway there. Because as soon as we get saved, we get judgmental. Because we forgot where we came from. We forgot the struggles we battled through. And we look at someone, it took you 28 years to get to where you're at, and you're judging someone that's been in Christ 28 days. Say it again, Pastor, I think I will. And many times we end up judging people based on things we can't even overcome. And I want you to notice that when the kingdom is spoken... Satan shows up. Why? Because salvation gets me to heaven, but the kingdom transforms earth to look like heaven. It's not about me getting my ticket to get to heaven. It's about me affecting my school, my business, my company, my family, my community, by bringing that which God has poured into me, his presence, into every realm of society. That's what the kingdom's all about. That's what Jesus told us to do. The mandate that he placed on Adam and Eve is still the same today. Go, go, go out and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And he's not talking about procreation, Cisco. He's not just talking about having kids. He, he's talking, he's talking about... <laughs> I love this dude. He's talking about us going out and expanding the kingdom of heaven. Pray, therefore, in this manner, priorities. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we are the portal to heaven for our families, for the community, for our jobs. You bring Christ there. Now, let me take you a little bit farther here. Notice what happens here. He says this, that he takes it, that, that word understanding. Everyone say understanding. It means to comprehend, perceive, to know, to believe, the grasping of a concept. It's not just hearing something that said. So if Cisco was to tell me something, understanding isn't hearing what he said. Understanding is taking what he said, not only understanding and comprehending it, but now being able to explain it. Many of us hear the word, but we don't understand it. In fact, let me take you a step further here, okay? Who has a Bible around here? I want you to notice something, okay? This is what the words, the sowing of the seed is the word of God. And so as the word of God's being sown, all of a sudden it gets sown over here. All right? It hits ground. But on Sunday mornings, I'm out there sowing. I'm a sower. And I'm sowing seed. I'm out here just throwing the word out to you. The problem is this. Many of you feel good in the presence of God, but when you walk out of this place, you're back into the hell that you stepped out of. 
And the reason why is the fact is, is that you have not understood the word because the word's been given. The problem is you don't understand the word. Everyone say understand. Because when you don't understand the word, that's the only part, only time that Satan has a right to come to you and take it away. And so when you're sitting in, in service and a word goes out, you hear the word, you don't understand it because you don't apply it. You go back home, get back in your car, listen to that music that's degrading women, it's tearing down God, that doesn't believe about God, watching television programs that are destroying the belief in who God is. And so you're feeding yourself all this other knowledge and not studying the word that has been given to you to set you free. And so the enemy comes in and you're like, you're going through that time. He just says, okay, I'm going to take that away from you. And I'm going to take that away from you. And he just stands at the door while you're walking out of church and boop, take that one from you. Take that one from you. Remove that seed of blessing, that seed of prosperity, that seed of healing. I'm going to take that seed of understanding. I'm going to take that seed of, of, of breakthrough. I'm going to just take these things away from you because you don't understand what he just gave you. And only when we don't understand does Satan have the right to take it from us. Why? Because he operates as the, the kingdom of darkness. Ignorance is where he rules. Now, there was a lady that used to come to church that would sleep the moment she walked in. The moment she walked in. Some of you are laughing because that's you right now, huh? <laughs> and I remember I used to get so offended watching her sleep. So I would preach hard. Be preaching hard over where she was at, and she'd be just going, just as she head back. I mean, she wasn't even trying to hide it. Her head was back, mouth was open half the time, and she just. And I, I found myself getting frustrated. I'm like, Man, you suck. You can't keep her awake. She comes in, and I mean, I, I'm so, I would actually prepare myself this this week. I'm gonna keep her awake. She walk in as soon as the music would start. Gone, just gone. I remember talking to her one time and said, you know, uh, do you get enough rest? I had to know. Said, Girl, are you getting enough rest at home? I mean, what's, what's, what's going on? And she says, Pastor, I can't sleep. I'm always, I feel tormented everywhere I go. Because then I come into church and I hear the worship. I just feel peace. Then I hear you preaching and I feel peace. It just, <laughs> it makes sense because she can't reproduce that atmosphere outside of church because she is ignorant to her authority. See, when we don't understand, the enemy has the right to take that seed from us. That's why it's vital that when I, all I'm doing right now is I'm giving you recipes. It's up to you now to go home this week and study that word. It's up to you to get into the word, to read the word, to begin to, to dig into the word. I'm not talking about human knowledge. I'm talking about seeking out the spirit of God. God, give me revelation. Show me how to treat my wife better. Show me how to treat my husband better. Show me how to raise my kids. God, show me how to, how, how to deal with these finances and show me how to break this addiction. You need to begin to find yourself where you're increasing in knowledge.
I want you to understand as we close, Vivi, if you could help me out. It's only in the case when we don't understand that Satan has the opportunity to come. Understanding is vital. Understanding is vital. Many have misunderstood why Jesus came. And because we misunderstood what Jesus came, we lost the power that was associated with why he came. Say it again, Pastor. You, you totally missed that. Let me try this side. Miggy's over here, so she, it's going to be, she, she got it. <laughs> really? You want to go there again? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Thanks, bro. We've misunderstood why Jesus came. And because we misunderstood why Jesus came, we lost the power that was associated with it. And so we just think Jesus came to free us from sin, not to empower us for life. And so all we do is get our salvation and then we wait for heaven. And like a boxer, we're just taking punches. We're just in the corner taking punches. Well, the word does say after doing all you can to stand, stand. But do you understand that God also gave us an offensive weapon called the word of God? Called the sword of the spirit? That you don't have to just keep taking punches. Well, a Christian has to be humble. Yeah, you got to be humble, but not a doormat. There's certain things you got to stand up for, certain things that you need to rise up, and you got to start using the word. Some of you are, are, are using the word to beat people down, but the word of God, the sword of the spirit, literally is a medical term. It's not just a sword to hack someone up. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> the sword of the spirit is a scalpel. It's a medical term that usually literally means to cut out. With precision. That every one of the words in this book is a sword. Specific scalpel for a specific piece of work. This isn't a Bible. This is a sheath that holds all your swords. And every one of these scriptures has the power to cut something away. Has the ability to bring healing. That's why when a surgeon's in the operating room, I need this. Suture, this. And they have all these different scalpels, all these different tools, because every one of them does a different job for a different purpose. Thank you, Pastor. I want you to notice something as we close. I don't want the enemy stealing the sperma from my life. That might sound funny to you, but catch this. You're the result, physically, of sperma. And you're also the result of spiritual sperma as well. Because every Sunday, as the word goes forth, there is a word that goes to you like sperm that hits you. And it's like that egg. It's trying to make its way inside of you so that it can start producing something. Start bringing something to life. Start causing something to grow. When that word goes out, it's trying to hit your spirit so something can grow. 
But the enemy's coming in and it's stealing. So what does Paul say? Let, let me close out with Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. A few scriptures here, so stay with me. Amen? I have not stopped thanking God for you, and I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. And insight. Say insight. So that you may grow in your... Of God. He, what's the goal of Paul? He wants you to grow in your knowledge of God. He goes on and says in verse 18, if I, pr- I pray that your hearts may be flooded with what? Light. I, want, I don't want there to be any room for darkness to be in you. I want revelation. I want light. I want awakening. I want power to come inside. I want, I want you to be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that has been given to those that he called his holy people who are rich in glorious inheritance. Look at verse 19 and 20. I also pray that you will understand, someone say understand, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in places of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Do do you notice what's happening here? Paul doesn't pray for power for you. He prays for knowledge. Because he knows you already have power. All you need now is the acknowledgement that it's there. Because if Christ is in you, Christ... The hope of glory is in you already. And so many times we're we're, we're praying prayers that God's already answered. God, give me power. I already gave it to you. It's there. God, heal my body. Well, I already gave you the power to heal. It's there. God, give me money. I gave you ideas to get money. Stop asking me for money. Come on, somebody. So what am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you it's time for us to finish strong by getting rid of ignorance. By learning and coming into the kingdom of heaven. And recognize that you were created as an answer to a problem. A solution to a situation. That God created you because he needed something to be solved. It's bigger than getting to heaven. It's about Affecting and impacting earth with the presence of God. And every one of you is a carrier of the presence of God. The moment you accepted him, he lives in you. He dwells in you. And you have the power to walk into any situation, any environment, any circumstance. And open up heaven in the midst of that hell that you're going through. Oh, come on, somebody give God praise this morning. Stand to your feet with me. Amen. Miles Monroe one time said that when you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. That we don't know what the purpose of something, we abuse it. 
one of my master's students, we have Jess, Jesse Alejo staying with us. And, you know, as I'm getting closer to 50, I'm working out a whole lot more. I'm, I'm working it. Did seven miles yesterday. And after I got done running, I, have, I bought a case of Gatorades that are in my refrigerator in the garage. And I use those for replenishing, you know. We, got, we were out yesterday, so when we came home, I noticed there's three Gatorades in the recyclable container. <laughs> then this morning, I noticed he's leaving for church, and he walks by me, goes into the garage, comes out with the Gatorade as he's leaving the church. <laughs> we got to church. I called Jesse over and said, hey, bro, um, hey, man, how was that Gatorade this morning? Good PL's thirsty. So, oh, that's good. That's good. Let me let you know. Um, it's cool, bro, but um, those are for people that work out. <laughs> so if you, if you work out, you, you're more than welcome to have as many of them as you want. You know, you work out, then you drink one after you work out, or in the middle of your workout to replenish, okay? I, when, when I get done working out, I drink those, and so we don't use those for, for your meal, because when you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. When you don't know the purpose that Jesus died for you, you end up abusing the blood. And you're using it for purposes. You're, you're wasting your power on, God, pay my pg e this week. God, give me enough money to make it through this week. Give me enough of gas to get, get through this situation. God, help, help me deal with that, that person at work. We're wasting our power on trivial stuff. Because when you don't know the purpose of something, I'm not saying those things are, are bad, but your power that God gave you is greater than what you're using. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for once, one moment. And I want you to understand that before God gave man a job, before he gave us dominion over the earth, he gave us his image and his likeness. The first thing God gave man was his image and his likeness. Then he gave him his breath. Then he gave him dominion. So I want you to recognize with heads bowed, I need you to understand this. Everyone say understand. I need you to understand this because I don't want the enemy to steal this from you. Spent a lot of time preparing for you this morning to give this word. And I don't want the enemy stealing what was intended for you. But right where you are, I want you to understand that you were created in the image and the likeness of God. You are not junk. You are not a reject. You are not le less of anything. You are not a failure. You are not a nobody. You are not someone that is messed up. You're not, you are not tore up from the floor up. You are created in the image and the likeness of an almighty God. God in his wisdom and his infinite mercy designed you, fashioned you, put you together using Jesus as the model. God formed you out of the dust of the ground and breathed the Holy Spirit into you. That was God that did that. You were not just made by God. You were made of God. You have the DNA of God in you. And when you recognize that this morning, I'm not going to do an altar call like normal because I need you to learn how to get in touch with God. 
So right where you are, as Troy begins to sing, you were created as an individual to carry the presence of God, to carry the breath of God. I want you just to ask God to fill you this morning. That's it. No, 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 nothing about your problems. Just God fill me. That's all the prayer is this morning. All we're asking God to do is fill us this morning. Just fill us. Fill us. Less bitterness, less anger, less, less uh, hatred, Lord, less regret. More of you. More of you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.